Welcome to Maker Conversations. I'm your host, Tiff Marchand, and today on the show, we have Thelma from TK Woodworking. I got to hang out with her at Workbench Con, which was super fun, and I knew then that I wanted to have her on the show, and I knew that the perfect person to interview her would be her good friend, Christy from Oak Hill Millworks, which I love Christy already. I've had her on Behind the Maker podcast, so it was a pleasure to sit down and get to know Thelma and learn about like what makes her tick and we've talked about a lot of fun stories and kind of like how Starbucks plays a very big role in her life. So check it out and a huge thank you to our sponsor Sabretooth. You guys are awesome and uh, if you want to learn how to power carve and you're going to grab some burrs, use Night Carver 10 in all caps, and that'll save you 10%. All right, on with the show. My palms are sweaty. These weak arms. Oh, gee, palms are heavy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You can hear me now, right? I switched yeah. audio. Okay, yeah, it sounds, it sounds awesome. Sweet. There we go. Crisis averted. Right? So I have questions for everybody right now. What is Christy eating and what are you drinking? Well, a blizzard. Oh my goodness. Um, Very whiskey. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking whiskey. Nice. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've had like an unsweetened iced tea. No, it's an, it's an I orange. know you don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's an orange peel. Um, mm. Yeah. It's supposed to bring out the like flavor of the whiskey i'm joking i don't know i just it tastes good with it so i left it, it in there your, it makes your drinks taste like tire shine that's what it does you don't <laughs> like, like orange like pledge. <laughs> it, it brings me back to my childhood of having to clean furniture with pledge <laughs> so that was a big part of your childhood that's interesting cleaning oh. <laughs> you've never seen those memes so uh, I'm I'm Mexican, and right. no, I know no. it's like I know. I so, for some people I have to remind them the last name kind of throws people off a little bit. Uh, before I was Kennedy, my last name was Gutierrez, and on Saturdays when that. when we uh, would wake up, we all knew it was a cleaning day. Uh, my mom would throw on like throw like kind of just like throw back like Mexican music, and we all knew that it didn't matter if you wanted to sleep in. You were going to get your door knocked on and you had to clean the entire house. Nice. Company didn't even have to be coming over. That's just the day <laughs> that we cleaned. And our whole house smelled like fabuloso. And <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's a good smell, though. House of Esperanza, I think, just did a story or something on that. Yeah, she did. It's, it's real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a thing. So now I have like moments where other people are cleaning and I'm sitting and I'm like, I can't be sitting. I'm going to get yelled at. I need to start doing something. So then I just pretend like I gotta go, gotta go clean something. Start straightening things for them. <laughs> <laughs> let me fluff your pillows. Right. Like, let me dust this off for you. I'm going to pull up your Instagram feed, TK. I want to know what you've been up to lately. Oh, not a lot. Works. Have you been in the shop lately? I have not actually how long um it's been like a week and a half that's not man i know so i got <laughs> a, i'm just feeling that's a lot it is i mean i've i've had moments like 
where I've actually gone like a lot longer without being in the shop. Um, I think it's mainly for my mental health. Yeah. Um, but this time it is actually been like sets of cornhole orders and vinyl stencils that, uh, I have to fulfill. So I always make sure I get those done first and then social media kind of takes a back burner. <laughs> How many cornhole boards do you do? Like average um, per season? Um, I do about probably like about seven to eight. Um, cause it depends on like how custom they are. If they're simple, I can do more, but I try yeah, not yeah. to, I had this conversation actually with, uh, Cole, uh, when we were at workbench con and him and I kind of share that same view about woodworking and it was, you want it to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a full-time job and I don't want woodworking to ever feel like that. So I take on like what I know that I can handle while still working a full-time job mm -hmm. and trying to balance like family and life, you know? So try not to like overwhelm myself since I. It's, it's a really a, hard balance when you yeah. are trying to juggle everything. Absolutely. Especially yeah. like, this is a hobby for me. Um, I see it more as like a I get very like anxious. Um, I don't, mm -hmm. it takes a while for me to kind of open up and talk to people. Sometimes I kind of have to force myself. So like in situations <clears throat> where there's large crowds, like I usually like internally will feel like all the anxiety and I work at Starbucks with a bunch of people. So when I get <laughs> home, like yeah. I feel drained and woodworking is kind of like what, what puts me back at ease. So I'm like, I never want it to be so overwhelming that I don't want to do it. Yeah, you were working the room though, workbench con after I was a while. I say she was pretty good. I don't know. It takes, like I said, it takes a while. Um, some good pep talks will sometimes help, um, especially like after you pay so much for your ticket. I'm all like, I'm going to get full <laughs> use out of this. Right. Every single person in this room, if I have to. <laughs> you really did, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had so much fun. Um, getting to meet all the people that were there. Um, I actually met Christy for the first time there. Uh, Me too. We were already homeless. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it, but we are. No, that was fun. It was really awesome. Like Makers Camp was really fun in October, but like WorkbenchCon, there were so many more people there. It was insane. I was just like, you look everywhere you look, it's somewhere like you knew at least five people in the general area. It was insane. Yeah. And it's awesome. Have you, gone to, have you gone to Maker's Camp, T? I have not gone to Maker's Camp. Um, but I was told by my wife that if I go to Maker's Camp, because it's in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that I can't go without her. Okay, a lot where? of people bring their partners, though, because they can just get a $15 yeah. um, spectator like pass. Exactly. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, look, this yeah. is perfect. Because mm -hmm. I wanted her to come with me to Atlanta, too. I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's five, like $550 a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> not doing anything i can't afford you to be like i can't afford you being there <laughs> right well yeah and she Does might she have not wanted to it. go to workbench it's like so busy it seems like makers camp is more chill yeah, yeah. i i think she, she wouldn't know what to do with herself while she was there yeah yeah i kind of felt that way too though so no worries heather <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so if i do end up going this year she'll she'll tag along because she 100 said i, I want to visit new york you can't go without me that's not non-negotiable so i was like okay 
I mean, she could always leave you too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, where'd she go? I'm in New York right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she could take an hour or two drive and (laughs) go to the city if she wanted, (laughs) come back later. Why not? She could. I mean, if you guys are coming all the way across country, you might as well make like a bigger trip out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So long as nothing happens like my last flight, because usually I have direct flights and I, that, that flight from, from LA. To oh, Georgia, yeah. On the way out. Wild ride. <clears throat> what um, happened to you? I, I had my tickets booked. I was leaving Thursday, like really early. Everything was set. Um, and I got a notification saying my flight had been canceled. And my only option was to leave <laughs> that Wednesday or to leave, I think, Friday morning because there was no other flights. I'd be getting there at like one o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Was it because so, of that big storm that was happening? I don't know. It okay. was it, it, so I ended up uh, taking out like leaving from LAX on Wednesday afternoon, like at two o'clock. I didn't get to Atlanta until 3.30 in the morning. And we didn't have like our Airbnb that was going to be set up until Thursday. So I was just like, I'll just sleep in the airport. But apparently that's illegal. Yeah. Um, I was like, no, no, no. Let me text some people. Yeah. Yeah, So, so Christy actually helped out a lot and I ended up staying, um, dang it. I, I always struggle. It's Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> yeah. Um, she let me stay with her and where the Uber dropped me off, all of the houses or condo things look the same. So all you just see is just like me walking up and down. That was this- a door-to-door salesman <laughs> at three in the morning. <laughs> a door-to-door salesman with a duffel bag of sneakers and a suitcase just going up and down and up and down and I had a keypad on each and every one of these door gates so I walk up to the first one I enter the pin that I got and then it would beep and flash red and I'm like it's not here so then I went across the street and then I pulled out my GPS I'm like where else can it be like I almost legit started crying in like this (laughs) three-way intersection I'm all like someone's gonna come and just take my stuff and then I'm just gonna be in the middle of the street and I finally like ended up doing like the walk like the walking feature on the GPS and like literally it walked me to the door and it was right across I entered the coat and I was I don't think I've ever been happier to be in a stranger's house ever (laughs) I went in because I had been like the airport in Atlanta is long it is it takes forever to get out of there my feet hurt I was like I'm not (laughs) built for this anyway so I finally got there I got two hours of sleep and then we had to wake up and check out and then the time difference didn't help um but all in all I'm just glad I had somewhere to actually like flash (laughs) you're not the only one who had issues flying like because I was manning workbench cons Instagram right so everybody was like messaging like my flight's delayed, like delayed. Can I get a refund if I can't make, like, like I'm getting all like these logistic questions, oh like oh, the, no. <laughs> for like the first like couple of days and I'm, I'm traveling myself and I'm like trying to help people. And I'm like, I go to my husband. Cause we like, we had to get to the airport. We had to leave at like two or 3 AM. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, if our flight gets messed up, like everybody else's, I'm going to be so sad. Oh. <laughs> 
but we ended up getting there fine. Um, on the way back though, the air conditioners didn't work on the plane and I wanted oh, to cry no. the whole flight. It was so hot. I was just sitting there like that's awful. Miserable the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I had bad flights, but I at least got on time. Like I had yeah. really bad turbulence on both the way there and the way home. <clears throat> yeah, it was not yeah. good traveling day. <laughs> like no, because we hit turbulence. There was a storm. Like we I just for shits and giggles, I was like, I'm gonna drink at every airport we stopped, and we stopped at a lot. <laughs> just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just gonna drink a beer and like I'm gonna drink the beer of whatever state. I'm in and try it. So That's I tried fun. like a couple like local beers and then I'm like, dang, we keep stopping in different parts of Dallas. <laughs> There's only so many Dallas beers you can try, but there was a storm. I, I think our last stop was in San Antonio and then it, it went from San Antonio to Atlanta. And that was the one of like the worst turbulence I had the whole entire trip. And then you could see, I'm all like, oh my gosh, there's like flashing lights. And it's like this giant storm, like underneath. And I'm like, that's trippy, but kind of cool. And like the plane's <laughs> like, just going like this. And I'm all like, I'm not going to die today. It's not my time. I have to go to work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't realize that was that bad. Yeah. The plane was shaking really bad. I'm all like, nope. I'm all like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And I mean, I mean if anything, that just took away all of your anxiety because you had to concentrate on not dying <laughs> there at that time. When you got to work, BenchCon, you were ready. <laughs> all right. that fear is gone. <laughs> exactly. I'm all like, nothing beats really bad turbulence like that. I think I can say hi to people I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I can handle this. Oh my gosh. And handle it, you did. Yeah. <laughs> So you you brought all your natural. sneakers too. I was telling Tiff, you're a total sneakerhead. Oh, huge sneakerhead. Check it out. It's made <laughs> there of There you go. Look at that. Yeah. Maybe. So she can tell you like laces. the history, the origin stories behind all these shoes. Like, yeah. Not. Skating shoes, but I picked them for the Boba Fett colors since it's <laughs> There you go. Oh I mean, it is the appropriate day for this. Right? And my Mandalorian trip. Oh, man. I really missed the boat today. You missed what? I missed the boat on the May the 4th Be With You. I posted gear. a Yoda carving on Sabretooth's page today. <laughs> I was like, and I did my work and I worked so with Khan. I put Luke's uh, piece this morning. Yeah, you did. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll make sure that they <laughs> it gets honored somehow. Huh? I was just like waiting that morning. I'm like, Come on, somebody post something. Somebody post something. <laughs> I didn't post anything. I've been in a fog. I got home at like nine something last night. <clears throat> yeah, but you were just like adventuring. How long were you over there? You're in Nebraska, right? 10 days. And that's a long time. Oh man, that is a long time. But my flight went great on the way home. I slept for 12 hours overnight. <laughs> like a you earned baby. those hours. <laughs> Tapped. <clears throat> well, I was doing some stocking and you started off uh, just like with a small piece. Then you jumped right into cornhole boards. Like, yep. <laughs> you were just like, okay, I made this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I actually didn't start because of the cornhole board. I actually started because my wife wanted makeup dividers for oh, like okay. 
So I don't know if you've seen like those white Ikea like drawers because mm-hmm. they're perfect. Usually like makeup artists will gravitate towards them because they hold like everything you need for makeup. And she wanted dividers inside of these drawers so she could put like all of like like blushes and compact. Look at me. I know about makeup and like and just to divide it all because she has like a lot of makeup. And I was like, OK, like, let's do this. And I ended up buying I think it's called the blade runner which is this thing where you just like shove in like a jigsaw blade and it sticks up and I'm like I can't make this out of this never heard of that like, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I was just tearing through like this quarter inch ply that I bought and I'm like this was a terrible idea I should have just bought whatever she showed me like on Amazon to divide <laughs> in the drawers because it was like probably like 20 bucks Right. I ended up buying that Blade Runner that turned into a table saw that turned into a miter saw. And then I was just like, oh no, you don't need to buy that. I can make that. And like it turned into like me making things that I thought to myself, that's easy. I can make that. And I'm like, I do not have the tools for that. Why did I agree to this? And I, that's actually how I ended up like building up like the majority of my tools that are like in my shop right now. Nice. You made me something back in the day. It was like 2019. I think you made me a sick business card holder. Yep. I mean, like like, was it Purple Heart and something? It was Purple Heart. It was like probably the most beautiful mahogany I had ever seen because it had like the sheer to it that I've never yeah. seen in any other of like mahogany that I've bought. And so I don't even know what type of mahogany that was. Um, and some <laughs> it's yeah, it was, I was really sad when like, I re- finally ran out of that piece of mahogany because it was really nice and you would tilt it and it almost looked like a holographic piece That's of mahogany. Cool. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful. You were so sweet to send that out. She's like, how many small projects can I make with this piece mm-hmm. of wood to make it last? <laughs> I'll be like, nope, I'm saving this. I'm saving this. And I think now I have like two scrap pieces of it. Not enough to really make anything. Have you ever built anything for your shoes? Like a shoe display? She did. I saw it while stocking. Did you? Yep. (laughs) Yep. It, um, it is home to, uh, my most pride, like possessions, like of like my shoe collection is they sit in like what I had made. So it's probably like about, I want to say maybe like seven shelves Mm -hmm. and it's like the perfect height for my Air Jordan ones. Um, I'm a huge fan of high tops. I saw that they have to be like enough to hold that. Um, so it goes from top to bottom. It's like all of my air Jordan ones. And then I, it, I like migrates into Jordan threes, which is my second favorite pair of shoe Jordan fours. And then my dunks, they just all sit on the bottom. Yeah. Every time I see cool shoes, I don't know what they are, but I'm like, Thelma would appreciate those shoes. Just the smile that comes out on her face, though, when she's talking about them. I'm literally just sitting here watching you and just smiling because of how happy you are to be talking about your collection. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. If if she actually goes into detail about it, you'll be impressed because she talks, she like weaves a whole story about why she's passionate about these shoes. Do do you stop random people when they're walking by if you really like their shoes? You do. I had a feeling. She definitely does. I think part of it is kind of like when you see something that you really like, and that's with anything. I, I feel like a lot of people don't take the time to actually, and for various reasons for like being nervous or 
you know, for perhaps the way the other person is going to react for yeah. saying it. But for the most part, I'm like, if I really enjoy something, I'm going to tell that person, hey, like that looks good on you in like the least creepiest way that I could possibly say <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so it's the same thing with shoes. And every now and then people will do that and they'll be like, oh, I love your shoes. Like, um, so they say things like that's my grail or like a shoe that they, they're really like, they really go after or they're trying to get, but haven't like found it in their size for the right price. And they're all like, I really love your shoes. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate it. So I do that to like other people where I'm like, I really like your shoes. And I know half of it, they probably look at me like, what do you even know about my shoes? I'm all like, test me. Come on. Like, come talk to me about shoes. Do you want to talk sneakers with me? <laughs> you did that a ton at work when fun because there's this baseball card. Was a baseball card convention that was there too? Yeah, oh, there's, it was yeah a- there's a collectible collection either way they all had like six shoes that Thelma knew about you I watched you point out multiple people and you were like look trying to educate me (laughs) (laughs) because it was cool like a lot of like obviously like around here and I joke about it because Visalia is still like a small town in California but in like compared to other states like they joke and we're like isn't your town like a city because it's like 200,000 people who live here and I guess a city it doesn't become a city until like 400,000 people live here or something like that. There's an exact number and we haven't hit it yet. So we're still a town. And in this town, not a lot of people have like shoe collections. So like I'll see them sporadically. And when we were at uh, WorkbenchCon, I was seeing like a whole bunch of shoes that I normally only see when I go to LA or San Francisco. Or, like, <laughs> so giant you were things. just like cheesing out. Like, oh, look, he's wearing some Travis Scott fours. Like those are nice. Or like, yeah, yeah. uh huh, yep. that and did not know. <laughs> My husband, I had him go to that because I was like, go do something for a couple hours. I want some alone time. It's like I love you. <laughs> but I need alone time so he, he's like hell yeah I'll go to a collectible thing bye did he have fun I he did no he had a good time was he was awesome he he like was if I didn't have him there with me it would have sucked because like he helped me with all the scheduling and how I was gonna like announce things and then like he was holding shit just like having someone to hold your shit that's that's key right there <laughs> so that's Heather right there yeah <laughs> he holds all my stuff <laughs> But like, I'm like that too. Like if we go to like a amusement park, I'm like, hold it. Like, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> but no, it was great. Like he's going to come to Haven with me too and do the same thing. Just, oh, it just awesome. it's so much easier. It makes life better. Dang, you're going to Haven? <clears throat> I am. I'm going to be hosting it on the, just the oh. same way. Yeah. The same way I did it with uh workbench con. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's fun. Is that for DI? Is that like more towards DIYers? DIY and lifestyle yeah yeah so it's either like curating your house so there'd be people with um you know obviously a much larger budget so they're more of purchasing things and styling their houses and then then there's the DIY crews that are taking older houses and renovating them so it's it's two very diverse groups that live in that world it's kind of interesting. interesting yeah yeah and then you can see them kind of starting to blend because I'm sharing both of them to the page. So they're, they're starting to interact. It's very interesting. <laughs> it's like a little experiment. You have to look into that. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of furniture flips, like people who restore furniture. 
mad mad props to people who restore do diy and stuff like that my mom asked me to redo the front door to her house and i have to do that (laughs) and i was like i could do that no big deal see this is how i get myself into trouble like it'll be easy it should only take about a day like once you start getting to like the grooves and the details of the door i'm like oh okay this is a lot harder than i thought because then it turns into hand sanding into like really tight places and I'm like you should probably pay something someone to finish this off <laughs> <laughs> wow you leave her in a lurch with that no, shoddy could- contractor she hired <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be on that show what is it on on DIY I was like homes on homes oh yeah <laughs> he comes in and guy. just tells all the shit that's wrong my dad loves that guy. If I ever had a chance to meet him, I'd have to take my dad and not my husband because my dad would kill me. <laughs> oh my God. You did not let Mike meet him and not have me. <laughs> so you weren't like handy before? You, you never did anything like that? Like what made you think like I can do that? So I was a destructive child growing oh, up. Perfect. Um, I am uh, the oldest of, of three. I have a brother and a sister. They're younger than I am. Um, and my dad was a mechanic and he still is actually, he wasn't, he is a mechanic. Um, so a lot of the time, like I spent like in the shop with him, except for the fact that like, he wouldn't let me touch anything. He wouldn't let me touch anything. Um, I think when we first got here, cause I wasn't born here. I was born in Mexico. Okay. So my dad kind of like brought some of like that, like Mexican, like toxic masculinity I was like male chauvinism like 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 women don't belong like in the shop and like all this stuff and I would always tell him like I want to learn like why like you'll have someone like who can change your oil like it's not something that you're going to be doing I'm like but I still want to learn how to do it yeah like I'm I'm so glad that's faded out so much like nowadays and it's so nice yeah so like going from that to like how he is now like he like, he'll drag me with him. And I'm like, I joke. And I'm like, I'm like the son you never had, but he has a son. He just doesn't like <laughs> getting dirty. So <laughs> it's usually me like tagging along when he goes to like junkyards and like to pick up stuff. And like, we chit chat back and forth about, you know, stuff like that. But I was a destructive child. I definitely was a lot to handle for like a first Maybe time. Maybe that's why he didn't want you touching stuff. <laughs> Oh, just, the truth comes out. I'm just saying, maybe he wasn't really t- toxic masculine. It was just like, I don't need you to break my shit today, kid. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. So I would actually like tear things apart, <laughs> see how they were, so I could put them back together. So, I like, you. I always enjoyed doing things like that. So, like, sometimes we would go to the swap meet. And I would find something. I'm like, if it doesn't work, I could try to see like how to fix it. So I would like unscrew it from the back and like take it apart. And like, sometimes it would work and I would be able to fix it. So I've always enjoyed working with my hands. Um, and I, I, I ended up getting, like, I ended up going to school for psychology, nothing to do with like anything artistic. And then I finally was just like, I'm going to try like drawing was a terrible artist Um, So like I started experimenting on things that like involved like working with your hands. And that's when I stumbled across woodworking and just the way that it made me feel just everything about it was like, I have to keep going. And the type of person that I am is like, when I go in, I go all in. And 
I just like started like learning. I bought myself like a, like I call it the woodworking Bible that it has like everything about all tools, hand tools and safety. And like, I was just like, I'm going to learn this. Like, even if no one in my family like does carpentry <laughs> or like any type of woodworking, I'm going to learn this craft. And I mean, up Good until today, like that's essentially like how I got into woodworking was just wanting to do something new that like kind of just piqued my interest. And then I was just like, this is perfect because I found something that I genuinely enjoy doing like every single day. So then I just started learning more about it. And then I started learning the things that I hate doing. So then (laughs) I don't do them again. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned that my shop is small and I can't take on like huge projects. So like all my projects have to be like smaller scale or else I'm going to be struggling and cursing inside of my shop. And mm-hmm. then it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of brings you to like the product world. If you're going small, then you're making like products, like cutting boards. That's how you did like a lot of those and stuff like that. Yep. Business card holders. That that works though. Yeah. You can I'm- specialize it and you can make your wood, as you know, last longer. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I I started like, you know, tampering with uh, epoxy mm-hmm. um, and spilling it all over your floor yeah spilling it all over my floor happens Um, yeah it's just it's it's been a wild ride with epoxy because I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it actually was and that's why I keep saying like all the things that I think that are easy are the things that are the hardest um and it's just like the the cure times and making sure that everything is exact Mm -hmm. and you can't really wing it or eyeball it like everything has to be precise um so there's been a couple mess ups uh the epoxy that I dropped all over my floor um and just I scooped it up with a with a dustpan I was saying how did you get that off the floor I'm thinking like paper plates like 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 a technique you know like (laughs) I put on a tank top and I looked at the floor I saw like my luckily my Merca I keep it kind of just a little bit underneath my planer and it sits on top of like the vacuum with like the sustainers. So it lives up there and the hose drops, like drops and hits the floor. So like probably like a good, I want to say maybe like that, that much of my festival hose is like just caked with epoxy. Oh man. It hasn't like cracked or anything from that. Mm -hmm. It's just holding strong. No, cause it was just the resin. And I thought, oh, okay. So like it's sticky and I've tried cleaning it, oh. I've tried like white vinegar. So like with all of like the stuff, luckily I didn't have a lot of stuff on my floor. I took a dustpan and the scraper that I used to lay down the vinyl stencils for my cornhole. And I was just like scraping it and like dumping it in like a bucket and just oh scraping gosh. it and scraping it and dumping it. But it took me like probably two hours to pick up and then the floor was still sticky and then I kept getting DM'd. One of uh, the people who DM'd me was like, I work with chemicals and you need to make sure that like you clean it up the best that you can because during the summer, the fumes. And I was all like, no. So, like, Heather, Heather's that. your wife's name? Yeah. What was that? Your wife's name is Heather? Yeah, my wife's name is Heather. Okay, so Heather, we now know what to get her for a present. She needs a new hose. <laughs> Um, she might kill herself this summer so let's get her a new hose <laughs> or a respirator like a full <laughs> yeah. a full yeah a full check, respirator check on Thelma it. every once in a while when she's in the shop make sure she's still there <laughs> yeah so now like I'll walk past like 
where I spilt my epoxy and all you hear is like <laughs> of like my shoes sticking to the floor but yeah, add um, hardener yeah uh, too late <laughs> someone joked about just add hardener to the floor and then just epoxy your floors Honestly, yeah, man. you might have to to be honest like throw some flex in that and call it a deck exactly you probably weren't planning on making that floor pretty but might have to right just throw some confetti on it and then some yep. hardener and then just yep. let it dry yeah. i dare you yeah i got really lucky though i let moss know what had happened and they replaced my epoxy that's nice so they came in clutch they're they're nice people i got to hang out with them this past week and they are exceptional they're really great they are cool. the epoxy world seems like they've got some good groups at least like total boat and them like they they seem to like have a good presence with everybody, which is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And yeah. just because it's like, it goes back to kind of like things that like we've talked about within our maker community is just the customer service aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like to a lot of people, it's extremely important. You can have an amazing product. And when your customer service isn't really there to back it, you mm-hmm. don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So do you have any summer projects coming up Thelma for yourself or for someone else? I actually like I am working on plans to make my own bed frame nice. in our room. Um, and I have recently gotten into like like vinyl records. Um, and Ooh. we have like a small collection going. So I want to do kind of just like this, I don't necessarily call, call it like an art piece, but like uh, it'll go on the wall to hold like the records, but it mm-hmm. also serve as yeah no so the the records are like just one yeah just like it'll be like kind of like a wall of records but like the top part will hold other things as well so it'll be like multifunctional um and then I'm going for like a minimalistic look for our like actual bed frame so I mean I I think I can make it happen you can make it one Dan Dunlap built not too long ago yeah that was nice yeah. What so, of, what do you want to use for your wood? Um, I am thinking about using ash. It's affordable um, mm-hmm. and it's sustainable, and it stains yeah. really well. So that's definitely like where I'm headed. I think the last final part is just deciding on a type of style, mm-hmm. and then starting my plans for it. Uh, but right now, just we need to make sure my wife and I pick the right style or else we're going to be stuck with a bed that is like, nope, I didn't want this. Like, this is what you wanted. So like, it just has to be kind of. Right. Plan it out together. Is this your first big piece, like a furniture? Yeah. It's actually like my first like big piece. So, um, I, I am a little nervous just because it's, it's expensive. I don't Mm want to ruin it. Um, but I think once we find, find the right design, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I'll figure out a way to make it happen and for sure hey, i'm sure to use ash for the slats or can you use like a cheaper material for the slats that go across do you have- i don't know i would assume hardwood yeah it's usually like well all of the bedrooms i've seen they make it out of pine um i've seen the the main like fundamental structure is in the middle section so you have it like on the sides of yeah. the bed and the middle part which keeps it from just dipping and cracking in the center. Yeah. You have that like brace in the middle. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, we'll see. Cause it, I mean, if they're just going to be like tiny strips, I don't imagine that I like cost wise, like if it's like a difference of like 60 to $70, like I'm going to go with hardwood and make sure it lasts. Mm-hmm. Especially because of pine right now at big box stores kind of looks a little, a little funky for what you're paying for it. So for sure, <laughs> man, that's going to be good. I have a question on your, um, like mix all. I noticed that you use that. Is that how you say it? First of all, is it mix all? Yeah, it's mix all. I was talking to them before and like, it's an additive, like a color additive. So you have to add it to stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What got you into trying that? Um, so when I started making cornhole boards, uh, how do I explain this? So like, kind of like what I touched on before, like when I go in, I go all in and I ran into two, here's like two or three makers who I love the way their boards look. And that's uh, Hunter from Burley Bags. Um, I don't know his name, but he has Moose Boards and Andrew from AG Woodcrafts. So those are like three of the main guys that when I started like my woodworking like journey, mm-hmm. um, they're the pages that I would look at for inspiration on like their cornhole boards. And I'm like, I wonder how like they do it. And Moose Boards is actually the first guy I reached out to. And I was like, hey, like, I know you don't know me. <laughs> I'm like, and if at any point I ask you something, because I was like, I don't know how people are. Maybe they don't want to reveal their secrets. Right. So I was like, hey, like if at any point, like if you don't want to, it's okay with me. Like, I'm just going to ask like, A, how do you like get your boards to look the way that they do? And like, are you using vinyl? Because if you are, it looks amazing. <laughs> and he ended up responding. He's all like, oh, no worries at all. Like, super nice guy. <clears throat> so, like, I actually use uh, a temporary stencil. He's like, I lay down the temporary stencil on the topper of the cornhole board. So, like, and then I take, uh, like, gel stain. And then I mix color tints into it and create custom colors. He's like, and that's how I can customize these cornhole boards to the liking of whoever orders it. So I started like picking out his brain. So then I purchased a graph tech, which is like a 24 inch vinyl cutter. And I started like making my own vinyl stencils. And then when I ran into Hunter, he had like these like super cool, like, I don't know if you've seen like the sunblock with the monkey on it. No, uh, like I, I, it's like ban- banana something. Banana boat. I, I banana think boat. It's, it's banana boat. It's a, yeah, and it's okay, like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and he got like this like vibrant yellow, and like I'm like, how? Where are you getting like these colors? It's like, right. and then he's like, I use mixol stains, like mixol tints, and I'm like, what is that? So he started talking to me about what it is and like how you mix different colors with the base tints from general finish Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get like super like cool vibrant like navy and Mm -hmm. yellow and orange uh like colored tints that you can't find anywhere it's like you can make them yourself um so you don't waste a lot of product because you know how many times you've bought like those stains that you mix you pre-mix and then you let them dry out or they go bad because you only needed it for one product but yeah you just wasted a whole thing of stain I have a lot of different colors for sure I've got some purple some green over there yeah so I ended up buying like kind of just like these uh the general finish like the pines and I'll use them for base and then I'll put like all my mix all stains in there and like there's formulas for different colors 
and I drop them in, like stir it. And that's what I'm going to use for the project. So I made like a, like a Dodger stadium. So I like, I mixed my grays, my blues and like my reds. And I designed essentially like the actual cornhole board. So that's when I found out that mix all is not just for adding to stains. You can add it to like anything. So I'm like, I can put it in epoxy and I can use it for like so many things. I'm like, perfect. So I ended up buying like two tubs of mix all. And like, now I just like sit there and like custom make colors. That's cool. Like whenever I'm making cornhole boards. They're, uh, they're pondering coming to workbench con for next year. So yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll tell them that there's lots of love for them. Oh, 100% lots of love. (laughs) What is it? Uh, like all, all, all of the mixologists out there. Oh, is that their tagline? (laughs) It's like, uh, the mix all magic or mixologists. And they're like the people who sit there and make like these awesome and like fabulous, like new colors. That's out of really their- cool that they do that though. So, and then they give those formulas to everybody. That's neat. Yeah. Your yeah. boards do look really good. So it's clearly working for you. Thank you. <laughs> I say the, yeah. the colors in her logo too, like on the piece that you made mm-hmm. that you put on your uh, table saw, it looks so cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I yeah. used dolls for that too. Like I just, nothing but love for them. They always make like, like their products are great. Their customer service is amazing. Um, and that's like, I just like, I like that. I like good products, great customer yep. service and they have mm-hmm. it. And that's why like, I try to share their products with whoever is either starting with cornhole boards or wants them yeah. like for epoxy. Like, here you go you'll fall in love with them just like I did. <laughs> I love when there's a product like that though, that you like absolutely can't live without. It's something like, something like essential. Yeah. What's yours, Christy? Mm, 3M abrasives. And that, have you tried it? I do Don't like them. I know I will talk about them because, because of the workbench con, they gave you the free samples mm-hmm. and they are awesome. I, I tried them out on a wood carving. Curious to see how it would stand in it. It did great with all the dips and stuff. Cause I was like, Oh, I've never used one of these for like a carved sign. And it, it worked well. Yeah, dude. I mean, that, did you know the owner was there? He, he came yeah. to work French Con. the owner, the owner of Taylor Tours, I should say. Okay. Supplied them. I said hi. Um, yeah, it's cause it's, I'm going to give you a pitch now, Thelma, since you put me on the spot for 3M abrasives. <laughs> Here's why it's different. Precision shaped grain. <laughs> Instead of like most gritty sandpapers, it's just kind of like bumpy grit. And they actually sharpen each individual grit into a triangle. And so it rakes your wood more. And that's why it removes so much more material in a faster period. And, and it's actually, while it's sanding, it's actually resharpening that triangle again. So that's why it lasts longer as well. And they have like microscopic images of their paper and you can see the triangles. It's kind of crazy. Isn't it fun when like you actually learn those kind of things when you're working <laughs> with a brand though? It's just like interesting things that you learn. It's super nerdy, but ever since I read that um, blog post by Katz Moses and he did that robotic study. Did you guys read that? I've seen that. Yeah. I haven't. I video, read, yeah. And he has a blog post and he summarizes like all the papers that he tried out. And they put a robotics arm on the sander so that it, was it would be test. a controlled study, yeah. you know, and um, it smoked everybody else. And it's like 40 cents per disc. And whereas like some of the Merca papers and high-end stuff are over a dollar per disc, when you break it down. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I was, 
I whipped out my, my cordless DeWalt sander to use the sandpaper on the set of cornhole boards that I'm working on now. And I'm, yeah. actually, I'm really impressed. Like I genuinely like the way that it sanded, left like a super soft finish. And I go high grit when I finish. Um, mm -hmm. So after I lay down uh, the stain, um, the, uh, the temporary uh, Oracle adhesive that I use will lift up the grain slightly. So mm -hmm. I need like super fine grit to kind of clean up the area without mm -hmm. standing off what I just stained. And it, it worked. Did you just, go 220 for that or did you go higher? Than I that? go high. I, I used the three, I think it was like 340. 320 it was whatever came in that pack the highest grit disc is what i yeah. used and i was impressed that at 320 it left like a super smooth finish and um i think i only went back to touch up like one area and other than that like the rest of it was just super smooth she takes pride in her boards i approve yep i take pride in my baltic works topper boards <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like the most expensive plywood right now though absolutely but you get no play um <laughs> and that's what you want in cornhole boards especially when people want regulation size it's just you want no play in all those boards and then there's no no voids like in the yeah. layers of plywood mm -hmm. and once you finish like the edges that's the best part because you can see all the layers of the baltic birch like mm -hmm. on the side and it just it it kind of seals the deal on like the cornhole board so yeah yeah, we've all played on some shitty bouncy boards before, I'm sure. It's not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like, oh, you just flopped that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> you bounced my thing off. Yeah, not like, not too on. long ago. Not too long ago, Starbucks had like this. Um, we have partner networks because we call each other partners because we all have uh, stock in the what business. What do you do at Starbucks? I'm actually a store manager. Store manager? Yeah, so I'm a store manager at Starbucks. Um, they were actually the first employer to give me a job um, because I wasn't born here. Mm -hmm. When I was probably like in my second year of college, um, up until then, like I wasn't able to work anywhere. Um, I was on what's called an AB540, which is a petition that I signed that so long that I graduated high school um, like, or had like at least two or three years of high school in California, I was able to fill out that form to pay in-state tuition. Um, so up until that point, I was paying in-state tuition with no financial aid help. Um, and I mean, I hope the IRS doesn't come for me, but I needed a way <laughs> to pay for school. So I did have like a lot of like jobs that paid cash. <laughs> um, and that's- Don't worry, every American does that. <laughs> So you're fine. You're like, the IRS, please close your ears. Yeah. I want a back tax letter. <laughs> we all have those jobs when you're younger that you get a little cash for. Yeah, at least so I did. I, <laughs> yeah, I worked at a furniture store, at a granite store. And it was all because after my first semester, I lived in the dorms because I went to Cal State Northridge and it's in close to LA, kind of by Hollywood. And they have a great psych program, like, and it's inexpensive. It's a state school. Like I should be okay. My parents were helping me like pay for my schooling. And then one day I get a call and my mom goes, I'm sorry, but like, I can't continue to pay for your tuition. So you're going to have to kind of find a way to make it happen. So I ended up like tacking on a couple, I think I worked like at one point worked three jobs and went to school full time to like pay for school. And when um the 
DACA, like the, the dream act was passed. Mm -hmm. I applied for DACA and every two years I would renew and get like a temporary work permit. Oh, cool. And when I got that work permit, I was all like, look, I come in and drink some of your coffee. Like, are you guys hiring? And they're like, we actually are. And uh, that manager hired me on the spot. So like I have a soft spot for Starbucks um, and I'm a store manager with them now. And we had like full circle. We had like this partner network event where like we wanted all of our partners to go to get in touch with like, you know, our women's like impact network and our LGBTQ uh, partner network, just because we have spaces for everybody. And someone brought a cornhole board. <laughs> the cornhole board was like screwed on like together and like was slightly falling apart. And they're all like, you didn't make this, did you? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> this isn't my work. <laughs> but it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so definitely a lot of stuff going on with that company. But like I said, they always have like a, a special place in my heart, especially during like that tough time of like going to school. I'm like, no one's ever going to hold that place. <laughs> I'm like they treat like all of our employees are treated extremely well, including myself. So I actually enjoy like going to work every single day. That's awesome. I'm sore by the time I get out. I'm all like, but I enjoy it. Don't you work really, really early? Yeah. So sometimes I'll work at four in the morning, six in the morning. It changes. Um, But for the most part, I work during like the busiest times because that's when they want like the manager presence. So I'll work. Um, during our peak hours, which are like from seven to nine, Monday through Friday. Um, and I'll work weekends, like not in between nine to 11 and make sure I'm always there. Uh, because it just, it gets insane. Even in a town like this, it mm-hmm. gets crazy. They need their coffee. Exactly. Guess they what? <laughs> Starbucks story. It's brief. So <laughs> I, this past week I flew into Denver and we were supposed to drive to the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. We did not, (laughs) stupid Adam, lazy guy DIY was driving and he was using Waze. Yep. Have you guys heard that? I've heard of it. Yeah. It's a direction. It's GPS thing. And there was an accident and it did a big reroute and we just like trusted it and didn't look at it. And it took us through Wyoming on accident and so just going diagonal to Nebraska it took us up and over like oh, big reroute oh, no. so anyways you're we like driving driving and it's like welcome to Wyoming we're like what well needless to say the drive took a little longer we needed a Starbucks like ASAP we were like <laughs> where in Wyoming <laughs> like nothing it's trains and rocks and mesas looks like we're on another planet but we see a Starbucks sign when you know it <laughs> and we exited and then we couldn't find it. And we just had to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And then we eventually wound up, there's like literal tumbleweeds going across the road and it was in a grocery store. Doesn't matter. We found it. There was one barista, an empty grocery store. <laughs> we got our frappuccinos and left. <laughs> But we had to drive like off that exit. We're just like, I can't believe it's still not here yet. But apparently there's even Starbucks in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Oh, man. 
So now, what now is... I know when, when I get job posting alerts, like, do you want to <laughs> relocate? And there's one from Wyoming. I'm going to be like, absolutely not. No, there's nothing in that town. Don't go. <laughs> is that something you want to do? Like move one day or do you like where you are? I, I joke about it. I, I think the worst part of living in California are taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I'd ever move out of California. Mm-hmm. Um, so where I was born in Mexico is actually where San Diego is at the tip of California. Okay. I'm about maybe an hour away. Okay. Um, so it, I was born in Ensenada, which is a port where all the cruise ships will like stop. And then like tourists will go and like explore Ensenada and then they'll get back on the boat and then I'll take them to wherever they're going. And they always stop there. So I'm like, I can't like, like my family lives there. Like if I can't, I'd get homesick. I remember when I was in high school telling myself like, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm never coming back. And here I am. <laughs> like I graduated from college and I came back to my hometown, <laughs> like a place where I told myself that I wouldn't come back. How'd you meet Heather? I was going to ask that. I actually, um, so I transferred back. So after I graduated from Cal State Northridge, I stayed in LA for a year. Um, I loved it. I love the flexibility of having so many things to do. Yeah. But I hated how long it took to get there. Like you don't really go by, by miles, you go by time because <laughs> there's mm-hmm. traffic everywhere. And I think after my time of living there, I was like, I can't do this forever. I can't be always stuck in traffic. Like it's just, it's not for me. I ended up moving back. Um, I think I was here maybe about like two years had just gotten out of like a, probably like one of like the most unhealthiest relationships I've ever been in. Um, and it was just, it was a lot. And I told myself, I'm going to be single. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to have fun and I'm, I'm going to do like all these things like alone. And so that's what I did. Like I would go to movie theaters by myself and like, I learned kind of just to be by myself. I'm like, I'm just going to be alone. And I knew Heather from other like coworkers and every single time, like we would see each other, like be like, Hey, like we kind of just knew each other through other people. And Mm -hmm. I remember one of uh, like my coworkers going like, why don't you talk to her? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, she's really pretty. Like, no, like, how is this going to go? Like, Hey, nice to meet you. My name is Thelma. Like, I, I would like to take you on a date. I'm all like, no, like, I'm no, I can't do that. They're like, you should like, just go for it. And I'm like, yeah, no. So I did like what I know how to do best. And I stalked her. and i stalked her (laughs) yeah i stalked her in the most respectful way possible (laughs) so i would show up because she was actually a store manager for starbucks uh downtown so i would go we already went to that starbucks like my family and i would go there like in the mornings to get coffee so i would see her from time to time and then when i wouldn't see her that day i'm like well i'm like one of these days i will muster up the courage to actually like talk to her and like like say like, Hey, like, would you like to hang out? I never did that. It was actually her. Um, she she ended up like requesting me as a friend on Facebook when Facebook was big. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. during that time I was playing on a like Starbucks softball league like with a bunch of coworkers. So I after she added me like we started talking about something I was like hey like on a whim I'm all like would you actually like to come watch us like play softball and she's like I'd love to and in my head I'm like she's probably just being nice and she's not going to show up but I'm like whatever and I just (laughs) left it like that go to the game and I play outfield and then I see her actually show up to the game (laughs) and I remember getting so nervous I'm like she's actually here. She's here. Like she actually showed up and I got a pop fly. You're like, don't hit the ball to me. Don't hit the ball to me. Right. I'm like, don't hit the ball over here. I'm like, no, I got this. So like I get my glove ready and like, I'm going up and the, the ball hits the tip of my glove and then goes behind me. And I'm like, Oh, like it's an accident. Like it happens. Like grabbed it, like throw it back. But then it happens again. And this time it's like a heavy grounder. And then I go to like kneel down to like grab the ball and it goes right in between my legs. It's just so embarrassing. Like I'm like, I know I'm not an amazing softball player, but I'm better than this. And now I'm embarrassed. So the game's over. Like we lost. Like I'm so embarrassed. And now like she's there. And I'm just like, hey, like, thanks for coming. And like, in my head, I'm like, you totally saw me like miss like everything and just like ruin everything in the outfield. But yet here you are. We ended up going for drinks all together. And we actually ended up like talking to like two o'clock in the morning. And then we made a date. We're like, we're going to go to the movie theater. And then in my mind, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Like, is she just like wanting a friend? I'm like, because I don't want to like, you know, do anything. And then like, like, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I just, you were, you seem like a really cool person. And I want to get to know you. So mm-hmm. we go to the movie theater and we're sitting like right next to each other. And we're both kind of like this, just like watching the movie, like intensely. And all I can think about was like, I kind of want to hold her hand, but I don't want her to think I'm creepy. So like, I'm just like <laughs> sitting there with like my hands on my legs. Till this day, I do not know what the movie was about because I was so focused on should you put I put your hands on your legs? Like, should I not? Like the most like like simple thing is just like to grab someone's hand. I'm like, nope. And I'm just like sitting there. So when the movie's over, I'm like, thank you so much. I had a fun time. And I gave her the world's like most awkward hug. And I'm like, you have a good night. And like I'm walking to my car and I'm like, you're such an idiot. And I ended up calling her back and was like, hey, like, would you like to get dinner? And she's like, I'd love to. And we joke about it till this day. And she's like, I thought you just were going to want us to be friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't know where it was going. (laughs) So, So it was just like a bunch of like, both of us being like the type of person who don't like lead strongly. And like, I'm like, yeah, no. And in my head, like, I mean, I obviously, my wife is beautiful. And like, I just like, I, I can't, I, I like, she ended up proposing to me and I still can't believe it. We've been married <laughs> for like five years. And I'm just like, are you sure? Like you were okay? Like the day that you asked me to marry you? Like <laughs> Thelma, I'd, I'd really hate to, to break this to you, but you're attractive. Just want to let you know that. Oh, thank just, you. Just want to throw that out there. Sorry yeah. to bust your bubble, films, yeah. but you're awesome. Yeah. Aw, thanks. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's um, so she tells That's me that. But I'm like, you just have to say that because you're my wife. 
<laughs> or that is true. I mean, that's hilarious. There's that. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. That's so cool that uh, that <laughs> Starbucks kind of brought you guys together too, and it's such a big part of your life. I know it. It was. It's probably like one of like like the best feelings to be like to have met someone through something that like helped me through like such a weird time in my life mm-hmm. and then like meeting someone in like that same space mm-hmm. it's like you share something in common and like so I'll get home and like I'll talk about my day and she like understands like the struggle because she's done it yeah mm-hmm. she manages for uh she's like a retail operations manager for Ulta um, so she does like, she's in the makeup world. And I was going to say, this explains the makeup now. Okay. Yeah. I, and I yeah. really only know that brand because of my niece, cause she's a model. So like <laughs> all that, but yeah. Yeah. They got it all. Nice. So like, she supplies me with like cologne and like every now and then, like they'll give her like things to like try out. So then that way they can talk to customers about it Makes and sense. they put little, little green lines on the barcode. So everyone knows it's gratis. And she'll get mm-hmm. home with like bags, and I'm all like, "This all better be grass." <laughs> You're looking like, at each bottle, <laughs> right? I'm all like, "This doesn't have a green line." She's <laughs> like, "I'll show you. I bought a green marker." She has a green marker in her car. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna find it in her dash one day. And just like, what the? Right? <laughs> I'm all like, I knew it. Oh That's God. awesome. That's cute. Well, does she like that you uh, would work? She does. Yeah. Um, we, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I genuinely enjoy spending like a lot of time with her and sometimes like not even doing like extravagant things. They'll just be like simple things. So like, I've tried to get her to woodwork, but she's kind of like told me, this is your space. Like it's I not want for everyone. <laughs> like, it's not for everybody. She's yeah. like, I'm really clumsy. Like you do not want me here. So like now and then she'll like poke in and like she'll sit down and like watch me do things. But I once were like, well, maybe you'll like actually enjoy it. Like if you take it slowly, like I tried, I think I tried teaching her how to use the table saw and she's like, nope, it's not for me. Like this is not something that I enjoy. So she just, she likes that I'm, I can venture off into like the back shed, do my thing, come back and it's like, nice having I get your own time. space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's healthy too. Yeah. When I first started though, there was a lot of conversations behind you're spending a lot of time in your shop. <laughs> Cause I would spend like hours and hours out there. Cause not that it's not fun to me anymore, but like, you're just like learning like the basics of right. woodworking. So I would spend a lot of time in the shop. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're kind of forgetting about me, homie. And I was just like, okay, you're right. Like I have so those conversations kind of- a lot with my husband. I'm always like checking in. Is this, I'm going to go out there now again. Okay. <laughs> you're like, I'm just like, <laughs> and the funny part is that you don't realize how many like people struggle with that. Um, I've had like people reach out to me, like in DMS, um, because I think I've talked to like to this about, like, I've talked about this with someone else about how when I first started, like I, I wasn't like completely myself because I felt like it was already like hard to come out like as being gay and like a Catholic family with like very like, like set views. And I was like, do I want to woodwork and do this and like, you know, be my true self? And I'm like, this is who I am. Like, 
mm-hmm. uh, there's no like why am I going to be someone that I'm not so I'm very open about it and I would have people ask me like hey like you know I I follow your channel like also part of the, like the LGBTQ community like does your significant other also give you like a lot of like you know I wouldn't necessarily call it like shit, but like give you like a a hard time for spending so much time out in the shop and how do you balance it? And I remember responding like, I'm struggling with that right now. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't find like that perfect balance of like work, life, hobbies, and just like how it's like this triangle where you can only have two and like one gets left behind and like finding like that sweet spot to be able to do all three. And yeah, I, that's I when it, I realized that other people struggle with that. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I think Instagram is a big factor there, honestly. Yeah. If we we're just woodworking, I feel like we'd be able to do what we can do and then go in. But when you're, when you want to share it with all your friends online, that does take time. You get lost in conversations and stuff, but it's, it's like, yeah, it's what you said. It's really hard to balance because it's like good in nature to be in community mm-hmm. but if it's at the detriment of like your spouse or your family yeah. shoot <laughs> it's no, putting the phone down is a challenge absolutely yeah. it is absolutely yeah so I've I've been I'm still working on it it's still a work in progress but like I'll come back and like rebalance and kind of just like ask myself like am I spending the right amount of time like doing the right things because that can wait but you know, especially with like things that happened like recently, like I think when we were at WorkbenchCon, like I was like pretty sure like like a lot of health problems had happened before like actually getting to WorkbenchCon um, mm-hmm. that I got news that I felt like relief while I was mm-hmm. at WorkbenchCon um, because just a lot of things happened and it kind of just put things into perspective. And there's nothing like that feeling of like, there's a possibility of like something really bad happening that kind of just like rebalances your life. And you ask yourself, like, I never really think about like all the things I think about, like the actual like memories I've made and the things that I've done and all the things that I have yet to do that kind of just puts that balance back in of like how important family is and spending quality time with them and just making sure to make time for the things that matter most yeah yeah my homie right there (laughs) (laughs) we all feel it though you know it's true we do it's it's tough and the more like I'm leaning into content creation and podcasting it's like I'm asking a lot more of my husband too because I'm still doing Mm -hmm. like the day job you know and so it's like I gave my yeah. notice, but like I gave him did a three you? month. I did. I gave a three month notice. Wow. So I still have two and a half months left, but it's like, I can do this. We can do this for two and a half more months. Like it's yeah. like, we can, can make it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So no, it's, it's been good. Like once you like communicate with your partner and like, this is going to be good for our family. Like it's a weird mm-hmm. transition, but it's like, this will be good for us eventually. So it's nice. But Chrissy, I know like we're, it's, it's late, but I want to hear a little bit about your trip and how it was to be on renovation hunters. <clears throat> oh my gosh. <laughs> Surreal. <Yeah. laughs> Surreal. Uh, I guess I didn't anticipate how much work it would be. 
-hmm. like especially even leading up to the shooting to plan because you really have you know you have a couple people took a couple trips out ahead of time to be able to make like CAD drawings of the house okay that makes um sense. but still it's like nerve-wracking to try to plan a renovation based on numbers that someone else measured and you hope are right um, when you have to calculate all your materials and work with partners, try to make sure it gets there. It was a lot. So there's a lot um, of replanning that went into even before you even went. Yeah. And then to execute while we were there, when there's so much to be done, put it this way, when we, when we wrapped filming 24 hours ago, no, wait, 48 hours ago, they're like, we'll probably never do another project this big. Like we kind of bit off a lot for, gotcha. for the first house. It was a lot of square footage, but um, yeah. it was incredible. Like I, I did not anticipate uh, friendships like blossoming from it. And I kind of just thought I was gonna work and hope that maybe other things came from it and uh, keep going. But like it, when it was time to leave, it was actually really bittersweet. I mean, you're up there with a great crew of people. Yeah. And it was like all day. We started um, breakfast at 630 every morning and some nights work till midnight. And like it was a lot. But when you spend all that time with people, like sharing meals, and like figuring out problems and doing it while on camera and being like, camera guys are like, can you not make progress on that for 30 minutes? Because we're going to come back and film you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah no problem I've heard about that no yeah. problem like we're I, on a tight deadline but yeah no problem I think Joni talked about that when she was on behind the maker with me like the pauses that you don't realize that happen or and I was yes yeah. interviewing um Danny Kissel he won outrageous pumpkins and he was saying like when competitions start on those shows they'll be like one two three go but you can't all really run at the same time you have to wait for camera one to go then you, the clock is ticking and you have to sit there and hold until the camera's in reposition to go again. It's like the things yeah. that cause you anxiety on a, on a show. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was different, but in reality, like the camera crew was awesome. Never anticipated awesome. like bonding with them. Like when they didn't need to film, they were picking up tools and helping us. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Like wall control came out, boss epoxy that. came out, Baird brothers came out. Um, and every single person like helped us and we needed it. And like, so it was, How big I can tell you one, one night we got to go down to the bar and have like a party with the whole town, which population was like under 160 people. Wow. So literally more than half the town was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're mostly cattle ranchers. And that was like the most special night just to see different worldviews and mm. hear different ways of life. And they were all so tickled like that a show was being filmed in their town. And I was just so tickled to like talk with people that I wouldn't normally get to talk to. Yeah. Um, so it was really special, but yeah, two more shoots this summer. Where, do you know the other locations or can you, can you talk about them? Probably not. Yeah. I don't have, we don't oh, have them yet. Okay. They, um, people started submitting their cabins there's a website you can oh yeah I saw a video yeah. if you want to try to get us to come to your place and we've had like an overwhelming response the outdoor channel said they've never had a response like this um 
So this week and next week, they're planning to look through all the submissions and try to pick the next two places. Um, but we're trying to have everything done by August. So that's I all I know. That's so cool to hear that though. And maybe it goes to show that since they are hiring people who are content creators who have followings on Instagram, it brings more people hearing the message of, Hey, we're looking for cabins. Like it's a lot of people yeah. talking about it. So that's cool. That's really good for the maker community. I was telling Rob that, that like, I, I thanked him when, when they were doing the premiere at WorkbenchCon. I go, thank you for doing these kind of shows that are piloting things that are getting other makers career growth. Like these yeah. are opportunities that are opening up for people in our world. And it's really cool mm -hmm. to see this. Like the same thing with like the uh this old house having like a maker channel like yeah these, these avenues that are starting to open up for this community like there's real careers that you can have here amen it's to so that. cool i know it's like i'm loving being the social media manager i'm loving doing like like representing brands and stuff it's really cool and like it's opening up yeah i never thought that that would be something that i could get into for making I always thought I had to do it for other brands you know so to know that mm -hmm. you can get a career in it it's it's really fun crazy yeah I'm, well, I'm proud yeah it's I love seeing everybody in here thrive all right I hope you enjoyed getting to know Thelma she is a ton of fun and super talented uh, at woodworking and just a really good person so if you want more of me um, Carver Conversations is really blasting off right now. We've got a bunch of episodes out, so go ahead and check that out. You can either watch it on Sabretooth's uh, YouTube or on any of your favorite listening apps. It is available. So it's Carver Conversations. It's my Sabretooth podcast, and uh, I would love it if you checked it out and let me know what you think. Huge thank you to my patrons. There is an extended episode. So we kept talking and we got into a little bit of an interview with Christy because I wanted to catch up with her. It had been a while and I really wanted to see you know, like how the experience was, you know, recording Renovation Hunters. And so Thelma and I give her a little interview and Christy educates us on some very important information if you're a woman out in the woods. So if you want to hear about her swoop to the side pull to the front you'll get it when you see it join patreon and uh help support the show every dollar truly counts and i truly appreciate you supporting me so thank you and have a great one